Hello and welcome to the Sussex Founders Podcast. This week we'll be exploring how to manage the transition from freelancing to running a product business full-time. We're going to be joined by Thomas Parslow, who's the founder and CEO of buzzshot.co, which is a software for escape rooms. We'll be talking about how he got started, how he came up with the idea, and how he managed that transition from working full-time as a freelancer to focusing on a product business. I'm James Wood, and I'm founder of Prodcell and Felix, and I'm also joined by Jonathan Markwell, who's founder of The Skiff, and previously co-founded Coverage Book, Answer the Public, and How Sociable. Uh, we've also got Simon Kimber, who's founder of Create.net, with us here. So this week we're joined by Tom from uh, BuzzShot app, uh, which is uh, an app which is a bit of a, a niche kind of product, I guess, because it, it's a software for escape rooms, uh, if, if I'm right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, for, uh, for people who run escape rooms. Cool. Awesome. And I think what we're going to try and uh, relate everything today to a bit of a topic, which is uh, the, this, this transition that a lot of people are aiming to go through and which you've done successfully which is to move from doing kind of freelancer or project work on to having a, a profitable product that you kind of has become your main focus so that's the kind of the topic of today's um today's episode so um yeah welcome and thanks for joining us oh, thanks for having me <laughs> so um i guess it would be great to start if you if you could just tell us a little bit about the app and how it works uh, to start off with would be awesome. Yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, Buzzshot uh, is uh, it's an app for, for the escape room industry. Escape rooms, of course, are uh, places where people uh, pay to get locked in a room and have to solve puzzles to get out again. Um, and we, the bit we do uh, is the what we call the before and after game experience. So not the actual game itself. Um, there is software that, that actually runs the game rooms. That's super cool. Um, really fun but uh, it tends to be different for every escape room so it's less of a sort of a, a single market for a product um, so what Buzzshot does uh, is it helps with three things it does uh, check-in uh, photos and follow-ups so check-in is uh, when players arrive usually what will happen is the escape room will have got the details of one person but then they'll come along with a team so it'll be five people there so we get everyone's details uh, not just the one person who booked um, in America, we also do. Uh, they allow we allow them to sign, uh, so they can have terms and conditions or a waiver or something along those lines, and we can get a signature. Some of our UK customers do that, but, but a lot less uh, for, for obvious reasons, I guess. Um, then uh, we do the photos, so it's common to do a sort of a team photo when everyone gets out of the escape room or, or cheering, or all just escaped, hopefully, or maybe they're commiserating that they didn't escape. Um, they're still in the room. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just still they're still there. Just the photos sent to the loved ones, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, we we add sort of graphics overlays over there. We can we do uh, sort of data from the thing. So sometimes we'll put like the team name onto the photo. Sometimes we'll put how long it took them to escape, um, and um, yeah, that, that photo gets uploaded to Facebook automatically, so it goes to the to the, um, to the Facebook account of the uh, the escape room, um, and then after the game, we do the follow up where we send uh, an SMS and an email to each player, uh, giving them their photo, and at that point, we usually also include uh, links to let them review the escape room on TripAdvisor or Google or wherever is important. 
Awesome. So yeah. it's it's de- it's developed into quite. A, it does quite a lot of things. Then it's not actually like it might be at a niche market, but mm-hmm. the, in terms of functionality, it's taking care of quite a few things for these escape rooms. Yeah, yeah, and this is a kind of a process that um, that most escape rooms either do or want to do. Um, and when I when I speak to people, the the two things are either we're doing all this already, it's taking us forever. You know, I've spoken to people who are spending hours a week. Uh, on on doing this, you know, they'll they'll be taking a photo, they'll be photoshopping it, they'll be sending out emails. Um, a lot of them don't do SMS. Some of them have tried it, but like doing that manually is really hard. Um, and yeah, so there'll, there'll be those people, and then there are people who say like, "This is what we plan to do, and we haven't done it in weeks um, because yeah, it would take too long." So it's either they're doing it, it's taking them loads of time, or they wish they were doing it, but they're not. Um, so we let we saving let, people. Saving yeah. people a hell of a lot of time. We're saving a huge amount of time and also we're doing it better than they would be able to do by hand because even the best ones are doing it by hand, they're still probably uh, taking longer than they would like, uh, making more mistakes, all that kind of stuff. So how, how did you pick this market to, to build some software for? Um, I, I mean, I, I've done, lot, did, done lots of sort of uh, prototypes and start, starts of businesses that go nowhere, as I'm sure so lots of other people have. Um, uh, this one, um, I my my dad uh, got a job as an escape as a uh, games master, so that's the person who lets people in. So my dad's uh, retired, um, and this was a great great uh, job for him because he likes doing kind of acting type of things. And yeah, this was a job where the games master was in character. Um, so this is kind of he's he's being Richard O'Brien from the Crystal Maze. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he was uh, being asked to give out these these business cards afterwards saying please leave us give, please give us a review uh, he uh, he thought that maybe that something there'll be a better way of doing that uh, so he, he said to me why, why isn't there an app for this and you know I'm, I'm, at the time was always was always looking for an idea I could I could build uh, that wasn't just uh, stuff for other people so I spoke to the guy running the escape rooms also someone I knew um, to, I, I found out from him that they were the photos they were doing of each game. They were the, some guy was manually doing in Photoshop. <laughs> uh, realized that those two things actually were were fit very nicely together. Um, yeah, and then built built a prototype. Uh, you know, the first prototype in a couple of days, which was rubbish. Um, it was just good enough, I'd say, that they could tell that if it wasn't rubbish, they might want to use it. Like uh, I think they did sort of struggle along using their the first prototype for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and I think maybe even until I actually got the the full the next the next version done. But it, it definitely wasn't something I was going to go selling to other people at that stage. But it def- but it was enough to find out that yes, yeah, this is a problem that needs to be solved. So what was the what was the bulk of your time being spent on in those in those early days when you before you sort of built that, built um, that prototype? So in, in terms of all, all of my time, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I was freelancing, so um, mostly freelancing at a day rate. So selling days or weeks to uh, various people, um, building building apps, um, websites, that kind of stuff. So stuff in Django and and uh, React Native mostly. And was this the first kind of uh, product app that you'd made, uh, and it and it was a hit. Kind of the, the first one you you want you, you worked on worked, or had you worked on other ones before this? No, no, I, I, lots and lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the maybe the most successful. Well, I, I the first one I built a uh, shareware thing when I was fifteen. Um, that was uh, that was fairly successful, um, definitely for a fifteen year old. That was uh, 
yeah, that, that, was, that was more money than I knew what to do with it at that age. Um, but um, but yeah, after that, I, I, I built a mailing list thing. Um, so um, something great for creating discussion lists um, called Listeron, which um, actually I only just recently turned off new sign-ups, so you can't sign up for it anymore. Because oh. uh, every now and then someone will come and sign up, and I'll be like, ooh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. And I, I realised that this was stupid because then I was obligated to help them with their problems, and uh, it was a tiny amount of money. <laughs> what was what was the shareware thing when you were 15? Oh, uh, that was called Internet Timer. Uh, so it was a uh, software, software written in uh, VB, like originally like VB4. Right. Um, which would uh, keep track of how long you were on the internet. Right. Because uh, I had the problem at the time that uh, yeah, int- the phone calls cost money and yeah. I had to give my dad uh, money for how long I spent online. Yeah, uh, and I the dark to, ages. So I needed, <laughs> needed to keep track of that, so I made that. And yeah, and that got distributed on a lot of the... Um, it was on all the uh, like magazines. You know, you, you'd get magazines yeah. at the time where they'd have a CD or a disc on the front with soft, yeah. with shareware. Yeah, I think so, I remember yeah, that. Um, yeah. I was on there and I was also on like uh, was it Two Cows and yeah. CNET downloads was that it? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. various other all those download repositories <laughs> So what, what were some of the lessons learned from that experience? Yeah. Um, did, you, did you make much money from it? I, I think I made a few thousand overall yeah. so um, not a lot of money in terms of uh, now and mm-hmm. uh, you know if, if you're actually intending to live on it uh, but a huge amount of money if your only expense is buying computer stuff. Um, <laughs> as as a, as a very nerdy child, that that was uh, well, a teenager. Covering, that, that was covering your internet phone bill. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Covering it definitely it covered it covered my time on the internet and it covered so uh, some some what I thought was some very nice computer stuff. So uh, it was yeah, it was pretty great. Um, I think one the one thing that really taught me was uh, how cool it is to. Uh, to kind of wake up in the morning and go and find out someone's someone's paid you money for something. Uh, uh, I mean, at first, because I couldn't get a credit card processing uh, thing because because I was too young, um, I uh, just got people to send me checks in the post. So I'd wake up every morning, go downstairs, and there'd be like a few envelopes on the uh, on the mat waiting for me with with, uh, with checks inside, and it was that was awesome. I, I think that got me got me hooked to that. And then, and then you <laughs> you'd then email them back an activation code. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah, it was. They, 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 they would have printed out a form, either typed it in, or, or in many cases printed out and written it in. <laughs> and then I'd, I'd type, yeah, I'd send them the, the one activation code. There was, only, there was only one code at first. <laughs> Later on, I, I, I got sort of uh, more advanced and it was actually, you know, generate an activation code based on the thing. But yeah, at the beginning, it was just a random string I'd mash the keyboard with one day. <laughs> and all your customers were kind enough not to share that on the internet. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I didn't know. I was on, I was on the uh, on the, on the uh, what were they called them? The, like the crack sites, the uh, right. the code sites. I was, I, I mean, I, I kind of felt like I made it the first time I found myself on one of those. Uh, <laughs> Definitely, it's <laughs> brilliant. Awesome. So, so um, when did you? I guess it would be good to go back to when you were doing freelancing, mm. and then when you started transitioning into what, coming up with the idea. Uh, for this bit of software. Yeah. So when, when did you start working on, on Buzzshot? Uh, I think about three years ago. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and like I said, I'd, I'd gone to, I'd gone to speak to the guy who was running, running the escape room. We'd had a couple of uh, lunches together uh, and chatted about it. Uh, he'd agreed to, uh, to pay 
um, a bit of uh, some of his subscription charges up front. He'd agreed to pay a year's worth of subscription up front. Although I'd, uh, um, I think I'd given him a, a ridiculously low price on, on the monthly thing, which I later realised that would not be a business if I uh, <laughs> if I actually charged that to everyone. But yeah, it meant he, he gave me a few hundred quid, um, which was like I, the money wasn't particularly it wasn't what I needed, but the uh, the signal that he was actually serious enough about wanting this that he would pay for it up front was what I was really looking for. The validation. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I was like, okay, well, he's willing to pay a few hundred pounds for this. He must want it. No, fantastic. <laughs> he's, not, he's not just saying like, yeah, yeah, apps. That sounds great. Yeah. And um, what was your situation? I'm going to pry a little bit here. So, do you know what kind of revenue you were doing as a freelancer back then? Um, yeah, uh, about about a hundred thousand, I think. Um, something, yeah. something around that. that. So your first bit of product income was a tiny fraction of the hundred yeah. thousand of, of revenue that, that you were getting, but, but it was yeah. enough signal to. Because yeah. that's that's what it's going to be very interesting to to explore, I guess, is yeah. how you managed that transition and when did and when <coughs> yeah. you realised actually, I think I'm going to go all in on this and just stop doing the uh, the freelance work. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, my original kind of. Uh, dreams for it were as a side project um, so I think I originally thought you know if it could generate an extra thousand pounds a month um, I imagine that wouldn't be a lot of a lot of work to to keep it going at that and that would be great you know that, that's um, you know that's uh, an extra day and a bit of uh, of uh, freelance time that I wouldn't have to do um, so yeah it'd be fantastic um, uh, I didn't really think at the time that, I, that it would it would it would be my full time thing. I you know I had more of an idea that maybe I could create a, a portfolio of, of things like this, and maybe maybe that's what I transition to eventually, um, which I, I know is a, what a lot of people what people think you could do, and I, I think actually in, in retrospect that would be a nightmare because um, these things actually require a lot of yeah. attention, um, and having lots of them would be uh, would be probably a lot of work. <laughs> so have you have you? canned the freelance work now yeah yeah you're so completely uh, you're completely free of yeah of the as, freelance work. as of maybe a year and a half ago cool. um so um yeah i um so as as it kind of um moved forward it, it took it very slowly at first so you know i'd um i think uh after um the first ltv conference so john's john's conference um that was uh i i'd sort of gone to that and then i and i thought that was quite. That was inspiring, and I thought, yes, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna do this. So I took that initial prototype I've mentioned, and I and I rebuilt it as like a thing with a. It was a web, just a web page that was on the on the um, the uh, tablet originally. So I rebuilt it as an actual app, um, and I made it multi-tenant, so I could potentially get other people in there. And I, yeah, I think I think I took off maybe a week off off of freelancing to do that. Um, which I, at the time I've been I've been doing that every now and then anyway. Like I, I I take a week off to to learn something new and yeah I was I, I was I was kind of um, I was trying not to burn myself out with the freelancing. So I was so I was doing doing these little bits anyway. And I just took one of those to to build the app. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I uh, built built the app and then of course didn't have no idea how to market it um, and it kind of went on a little bit on the back burner again for a little bit. Um, then someone found me uh, and and, uh, and sold it to themselves. Uh, I, that's, I, the best, I, that's the best kind of marketing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I mean, um, yeah. It was it was someone who found me via Twitter, 
uh, I'd set up an account for it on Twitter. I hadn't done anything apart from like write the bio and put links to the web page. And Twitter had like suggested this person uh, follow me, and they'd been like, "Oh, that looks." It says escape room software. Cool. Clicked on it. Uh, couldn't figure out what it did, so so emailed me. <laughs> and, and then yeah, and then like uh, well, I mean, over the next like uh, maybe month or so, um, we like so I got them set up on it, and then um, uh, we ended up like talking on the phone like sort of once every day, every couple of days um, for, for quite a while, while they told me all the things that were that uh, that they told me that they were liking it, but all the things that weren't that meant it wasn't going to work. Um, and yeah, and that that really helped to uh, to yes. to fix all the things and basically make it useful to people apart from the first person I built it for. Yeah, I, um, I remember having customers like that sort of back in the early days where yeah. you would sort of sort of regularly sort of chat to them and and get their feedback and you'd be churning out mm. new features and and things like that. It's um it's it's quite I guess it's it's, it's quite an exciting stage of the business because you're developing the product so fast and it's kind of. You don't have to sort of worry about sort of changing things or breaking things yes. for, for lots of users. You can kind of just uh, just sort of develop it. Yeah, it's it's a good time as a developer. It's uh, yeah, it was it's, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so so then from from there, I then you know I started getting a few customers um, and um, and how so that I guess that covers the first few customers yeah. you've got. How did you obviously then you must have got loads more over time. Uh, to to make it viable to go yeah. to get so did you do did you start doing any more marketing or did you have so I've tried lots of marketing things I've never really found anything that's really worked very well for me um, but what I have found is that um, the escape room industry is quite tight knit they all talk to each other um, it's quite strange in an industry where that while while they're all technically competitors most of them don't think of the others as competitors they think of them as colleagues or friends um, so everyone's really really helpful. Which means that they all tend to talk to each other. Um, so as soon as I started getting a few people signing up, they would then tell other people and other and other people, and that's been that's been most of our growth um, since. Uh, yeah, it's been most of the growth. Um, it's just uh, people people talk people playing each other's games, seeing the software. Uh, a lot of people on the Facebook groups. There's a lot of them hang out on Facebook groups for for owners, and someone will say, "How do I do this?" And a bunch of people will jump in and say, "Use Buzzshot." Uh, which is which is fantastic. It's really nice. It's yeah, um, really nice. I, I've um, gone to conferences. Um, you know, the very I, very first time I went to uh, I called up the game in in uh, the Netherlands, and the first time I just went as an attendee and uh, I took a, took an iPad. Whenever anyone asked me what I did, I said I, I said that I, I I made software for escape rooms, and then if and if they asked more, I showed them showed it on showed them it on the iPad, and uh, yeah, I managed to sign up some people from that. Um, yeah, since then I've started actually going to conferences and having booths, and that, that also works, works quite nicely. Nice. So it was quite an organic route to growth then, and lo- and yeah. pretty much all through word of mouth. So pretty low cost. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Group. Mostly. And I mean, I, I would I would like to have some some marketing where I could throw money at it to get more customers, because I mean the growth has been good so far, but like uh, it's almost out of my hands. Uh, it just happens. People find out about it. I talk to them. We set them up. And then yeah, and then, then then we've got more customers, which is which is great. But I would I would love to have a way of putting in a bit of money and and speeding that up. Um, and also, you know, I'm I'm aware that eventually we'll we're going to tap out the uh, the places where they're all chatting. So uh, and there must be 
I'm sure there are a bunch of uh, places which don't hang out all the time on the Facebook groups mm. um, and maybe don't uh, go and play as many other games and I'd like to sell to those as well so I guess you were you're in that sort of enviable position of offering something that that wasn't there yes. before yeah so I guess I guess with well with with imitation being the sincerest form of flattery are there a lot of people flattering you yeah so, so so we have yeah there was, there was no one else doing it when it started um we have some other competitors now we have one competitor who um i don't think copied us i think they had the same idea at the same time right they came out as far as i understand it a little bit after us but not a not a, not a, uh, a sufficient time for them to have uh, copied what we were doing mm. Um, there is one that, that just completely like I mean they um, as far as I can tell um, they pretended to be an escape room to sign up to get a demo right. and then they cloned it really 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 badly um, right. and like the only effect I've noticed of, from them that, that particular one on my business is a few people saying um, that coming to me saying oh we, we used this software and it was useless and then someone said that you did that but not useless <laughs> so <laughs> I think they might have actually given, given us a bit of free marketing but apart yeah. from that nothing um, they were a lot cheaper as well so I think they've taken people who just were not mm. going to pay any reasonable amount for software and yeah you know they, if they want to pay very little and, and get something that's useless that's fine mm. um, but yeah and then there's, but then the, the other competitor is, is um, does things a little bit differently from us and I, and I think they, they've got a cool product so yeah, um, yeah I, I, think, I think we've got an edge over them but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it doesn't feel very crowded at the moment. Mm. Good stuff. Mm. So, so backing up to um, that very first phase where you tinkered around, put together the first prototype, had one customer and then a second. Yeah. One. I think that's a point where a lot of people get stuck or they give up. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you would would do differently if you were back in that sort of place again, or is there something that you'd want to reinforce that everyone else should um, do more of? Um, yeah, uh, so I, I'm trying to think back because yeah, it did take a long time from that. I, what I consider the first proper customer, so the person who got in touch with me, not not the person I kind of built it for originally, uh, the person who got in touch with me and who I actually actually sold it to. But the time between them and the next one was was definitely a few months, and it definitely started to feel like maybe this is just a fluke. I don't really know how to sell this to anyone else. Um, I tried doing cold calling and it was horrible. People were really nice to me. I, I, was, I was afraid people were going to swear at me and tell me to go away, but everyone was really nice to me. But everyone was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Why don't you send us an email? And I ignored it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're busy and they, I wasn't, obviously wasn't selling it very well to them. <laughs> How many cold calls did you do? Um, not a huge amount, but like maybe 20 to 50, something around that. Right. So I, 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 enough that, well, probably closer to 20. Enough that I felt like I had. That was. I mean, it was horrible. I, I got stomachache every time I. Uh, every time I uh, went went to do that, it was. I found it so stressful. Um, so. Uh, and what? And did you sell? Did any of those twenty or so buy? No, no, and that, that that was complete. No, okay. no, and, nothing. Uh, nothing that do you think? Do you think they might be customers now? Yes. Yeah. Some of them are now. Some of them are now. I think, yeah. Um, and and what, I think one thing though that I think it was really important is that. Um, Everyone who, who who has come to me, I've spoken to on the phone, and yeah, talking to the customers has been has been incredibly important. It was just that early cold calling that just didn't work out for me. 
but I think uh, being willing to, to talk, talk to the customers is incredibly important. <laughs> so, so even today, your sign-up process is someone will come to the website and they'll, set, they'll book time with you for a, for yes. a call yeah. to, to get in. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and I've, I've got a few of those calls today. I've done, done a few uh, before, before this, and I've got another couple booked after this. Um, yeah, and I, I talk to them for maybe 45 minutes to an hour each. Um, and it's just a, yeah, it's an opportunity to um, to find out what they want, to, to show them the software. So that means that that, that papers over the, the onboarding not being uh, not being great. Uh, so that's something I need to figure out is how to how to onboard people without that. But uh, but for the moment, I can just I take people through a demo and I can answer any questions. And that usually tends to throw up all kinds of things like they will I will find out that they want to do things slightly differently. And I can I can customize the software to do that. So I have I have, a, I have various settings that, that are not in the settings page yet, but that which I can uh, I can tweak. And um, yeah, at the moment that allows me to do that, and and that's something that's that's going to be really really difficult to um, to make the software kind of intuitive enough in terms of setup that people will be able to come and do that themselves. You know, not just start using it and be like, oh, this isn't quite what I wanted, and go away. So there's almost a sort of bespoke setup. Yeah, element. yeah. White, they call that white that white glove. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's definitely it's a high, it's, it's fairly high touch. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it has a pretty good success rate. I think I worked out recently that about half the people I speak to go on to uh, go on to actually subscribe, hmm. which uh, which seems like a quite quite a good return. Oh, uh, I would say that's exceptionally good. Um, yeah, I mean, people that do uh, that have free trials. Um, I don't know, if Simon, do you want, what's your conversion rate on a free trial? Uh, about ten percent. Ten percent, yeah, yeah, which is pretty ten, fifteen, even as low as five. I've heard of so fifty mm. is um is quite quite a different thing. Yeah. Um, but we need some people who have self selected to to have a phone call. Yeah. Um, and I think that's quite a big thing. You know, I mean, if you think of uh, when was the last time you bought a bit of software that actually requires you to talk to a human? Mm. So um, I think there are probably a bunch of people who might buy if they didn't have to speak to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, I mean and. But most most of the time, when someone ha- if someone ever asks, says like oh, I really don't want a phone call, I I send them a login link and I let them let them get on with it. Mm. And most of the time, I never hear from them again. Um, the one exception, like just 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 yesterday, someone did it, someone said that, and then and then they and they've been sending me loads of questions and and setting everything up, and that that's mm. great. Uh, so, but it's but most only has to be one in. Ten, mm. uh, you know, or nine out of ten, yeah. to, to, to to be the same sort of conversion rate that we yeah. see in other software. So yeah. we we have experimented with um, sort of higher touch, mm. sort of uh, trying to arrange sort of a a call with uh, a sort of a, a guided tour sort of call with with new new sort of trials. Um, and when you do, the hardest thing is actually getting that call booked in and arranged and the time oh, yeah. that you can both do it and and actually sort of getting them to sort of commit to that when you do get that you do we've seen sort of 30 40 50 percent conversion rate on those those customers that we've spoken to so there's definitely uh there's definitely a uh yeah no i, I think it really helps it's that relationship building yeah relationship building so so it means that I, I do like that all my customers have spoken to me and it means they do tend to they all tend they tend to see to uh, view me, I think, as, as a human rather than uh, just as a company, yeah. which I think makes it a lot easier when when there are problems. They're like they, yeah, they're more, they're yeah. more likely to come to me and tell me what they are rather than just getting annoyed and going away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it has benefits, and also a, a huge amount of like the development of the software has been guided by 
just talking to people uh, in, in these in these initial things and figuring out that, that so there's something that's really important to them that we don't do so uh, so doing it definitely and you've got um, you've got a pretty good setup for booking those calls in haven't you yes yeah so we use um, a software called you can book me um, there's I think there's other software like there's Calendly as well um, but yeah it just um, it gives them a, uh, a calendar, shows them a bunch of time slots they can click on the one they want, and it just books them in. Cool. And so I've got that quite integrated into the rest of our software, so it automatically creates an account and things like the behind the scenes and that kind of stuff. Cool. So you don't have the email ping pong and um, maybe no. getting a lot of admin for you? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's all. And then um, I have like a setup in Drip um, so that if they've asked for a demo but haven't yet booked a call, they get reminder emails about that. Um, yeah, so there's quite a lot of automation. Um, I, yeah, I found that initially I do like I was doing that all myself, and I mean, uh, automating the uh, reminder emails was 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 huge. Not because it was a huge task for me to do, but because I found it very stressful. Because I found I found like hassling people about stuff very stressful. But strangely, uh, setting up software to do it, I feel fine about. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's next? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so there's there's lots more features. Uh, there's there's lots more things I want to do. I want to there's some features coming along that I think will be really good for some of the bigger companies. So there's yeah, bigger companies with lots more locations, um, and there's some stuff I think that will make it more attractive to them. Although we've already got some of them, and but uh, yeah, uh, so lot lots more feature stuff, and um, hopefully also just working out uh, working out marketing and making that a bit more repeatable. Probably eventually making it a bit more self-service, so uh, so it can carry on running along even when I'm not available for calls. So is it is it, are you doing this entirely on your own? Um, so I'm I'm the only full-time person on it, um, but I uh, have someone else uh, who uh, is uh, on it quite a lot. So I've um, uh, I've Carl um, who uh, does. Is, is great. <laughs> he uh, he also helps out with the with the skiff. Um, but yeah, he does um, he does lots and lots of stuff. He he does a little bit a little bit of support uh, design stuff. Um, general like just management of the company, keeping the company going, um, and also is incredibly good in terms of uh, having someone to bounce ideas off. Um, so I think, I think that's probably probably the biggest thing. Uh, it's having having someone else mm. around who I can talk to about what we're doing and why and yeah what what the options are. So was um, was was it a, a big step to sort of bring bring someone else in on 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 your baby sort of thing or was it was it kind of like yes come and help me? Um, well, so uh, it, it did, I did it just slowly. Um, so uh, it started off uh, by I was going to a conference in America, uh, an escape room conference, um, and. Uh, I realised that, that I was also going to, because America um, <laughs> decided to do a holiday as well, um, if we're already going to fly uh, fly all across the world. Um, so yeah, I was going to be on holiday for a couple of weeks, and I was going to be at a conference, and, uh, and there were flights, long flights where I wasn't going to be available. So I, I, uh, I realised I was going to need some help in keeping on top of support while, I, while all that was happening. Um, so... Um, uh, I, I asked Carl if he Carl if he could help with just that, um, and yeah, he, he did did such a good job on it that when I got home, I was like, well, th- that it seems crazy to not have him carry on doing that, 
Um, and yeah, we just gone from there. We're just sort of increasing the, increasing the time, uh, his, his hours as the as the business has uh, been able to support that. Awesome. Excellent. So it'd be interesting just to recap on um, the the timeline here. Yeah. So because I think you said that it was essentially from was it writing the first line of code to about eighteen months that it took to um, for you, for you to switch into full time on it or. Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, about a year and a half. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I know anecdotally hearing from um, people like um, Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman that they've noticed that, regard and, I, and I've seen it as well in other companies, although of different sizes, that there just seems to be this normal eighteen-month timeline anecdotally <laughs> from from starting something to getting it to the point where where it can be profitable if you if you yeah. choose it to be um but it's really interesting that, that that was even the case for you even with all those bumps at the at the beginning where mm. you weren't really sure that you weren't even taking it seriously and um and and, and you tried high touch um or outbound um uh, cold calling and that didn't work and yeah so that's that's awesome and now, and now we're 18 months on it again from that yeah. now and how long was it to, to, to taking someone on to, to um, so that you. would have been last year sometime um, last year so about two years yeah right? yeah yeah okay so yeah um, and yeah and, and it definitely it had like started to be like bringing bringing money uh, for for a while before I uh, before I switched from freelancing and I, I um I had uh, at first switched to just doing a week a month freelancing, um, so I was doing that for a while. Um, so doing a week a month and then and the rest of the time on Buzzshot, uh, I just started to realise I was just trading those weeks. And uh, I think um, I my my kind of my goal was uh, when I when I switched back uh, to to full time on it was when it uh, started bringing in the same revenue that I'd been getting from from freelancing before obviously not the same profit because you know uh having having actual expenses rather than being a freelancer where it's pure pure profit makes a makes a big difference um (laughs) but yeah just yeah that that was that was kind of my line (laughs) so very conservative which i think is wise um before before making the the switch entirely so a lot later than other people would but um it just worked out yeah i mean i you know i wanted to maintain lifestyle um i wasn't i wasn't really willing to uh to, to live on Raymond uh, <laughs> and um, in terms of your pricing um, have you gone through many iterations on that or how, how did you come up with your kind of pricing structure was it trial and error uh, yeah uh, I've not gone on through a lot of iterations on it mostly because I don't like the idea of, of it changing a lot and I wouldn't want I, wouldn't, I don't like the idea of having existing customers who, who they uh, so I don't want to try lower prices and yeah, it's sort of uh, yeah. I, I um so I, I've pretty much been on the same pricing pricing since I since I started. Nice, because um, you've got quite a range, haven't you? As I can see, it's yeah. st- you, so you're going from thirty two dollars starting off up yeah. to two hundred and forty nine. So it's it is. Yeah, quite- uh, I mean, uh, there are people on much more than that. So, oh really? Uh, that that uh, they uh, it's because it's based on number of players. Okay. Um, you know, some places are huge, um, mm-hmm. and there are lots of other places who are uh, tiny. So the $32 a month one, um, you know, because it brings in money. It's not, you know, it's uh, you couldn't, couldn't really run a business if, if that was what everyone was paying. 
Um, one thing I've found that's a really strong argument in favour of, of that price point existing, though, is that um, those people on $32 a month tend to be, you know, they, they tend to be the people who are maybe, often they're not, even, they're not full-time on their business yet. They are, they are working at another job. Um, and, those, and they tend to be very, very into the community because, you know, they, they need a lot of support at that point. Um, uh, so they, they spread it far more than, than, than maybe the, uh, the, bigger, the bigger ones do who are just focused on running a business now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think uh, that those, those $32 a month people have brought in huge amounts of other customers. And they also do upgrade, like not, not at a huge rate, but they do. Um, that, and uh, yeah, so some of them grow from, from those like under 100 players a month to, you know, to, to much bigger. That's fantastic. So you can kind of stay with them on their journey as well yeah yeah and um so so you have a free two-week trial at the beginning as yes. well right so yeah. how, how how do you manage that do you do you take card details when they start the trial or do you let them have it completely free no uh, i um they can have it completely free no no card details i do of course have they have to speak to me on the phone so mm-hmm. I, have to, I have this huge filter like of like do you actually want this yeah it's not like uh they can just go in and put their details in on the thing and then immediately they're in the software um, I thought of putting of getting card details, but to be honest, I yeah, I just it's I, worked I, I well with not doing. want to, and I mean, you know, I, there's there's no way in which I'd want to ever uh, get money because someone forgot to forgot they put in their card details or anything, mm-hmm. and that would be a pain having to refund people. Uh, so it's I think it's actually better that uh, better for me that, it, that 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 people don't put their card details in until they're until happy, they're happy. Mm-hmm. and that's also just a really really interesting signal because. People, but some people, of course, wait until the trial, the day their trial runs out, and then they go and put in their card details so they can carry on using it. But a lot of people will put in their card details somewhere in those two weeks, and that's a really interesting signal because that's the point where they've said that after they've done that, they've got a hundred percent conversion rate. Like no one drops out after after having put their card details in because they only do that when they really want it. So I can find out, you know, like maybe a week before the trial ends, I find out, oh, that trial converted. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really interesting to be able to, to be able to tell. Otherwise, I would have to wait. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. Definitely. Um, so, another question I had is obviously loads of people who come along to the Sussex Founders event uh, are, are still freelancing, so they're where yep. you were kind of three years ago, I guess. And um, if you would, if you were talking to people who are in that position and they're maybe struggling to come up with an idea or they're not sure where to get started on that, that journey like what what would you do if you were doing it again or what would you what would you recommend people do um, I mean one thing is to um, to make sure that your freelancing is bringing in enough money that you can uh, that you have the time to do this stuff and the, the way to do that is to charge more mm-hmm. so um, I think um, yeah I think char- charging charging more when you're freelancing to the point where you are getting a good amount of people saying no you're too expensive I think is always a uh, is always a good thing to be doing so Tom I'm going to have to ask you your day rate what, what was it then um, so I think my the day rate I was quoting I was doing when I was doing my um, one week a month was 800 a day 800 a day um, I probably could have got more I think yeah. uh, I, I, I was I've, I've been putting it up for a while and I just just a little bit every time <laughs> and I guess just so people know that that's for doing kind of programming I yeah, guess yeah that, right? that's development so mm-hmm. uh, React Native apps uh, Django apps that kind of stuff Awesome. And we're in uh, GBP um, pound sterling there rather than yeah. where you have dollars on your website for your app at the moment. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, 
Yeah, no, that, that, that is in pounds. Um, yeah, um, and that, that, that's not the that's not the most they ever charged for a day, but that was that was my the standard rate which I was charging for each of my uh, for most of my uh, for most of the days in my weeks that I was working uh, towards the end. And it's way above average. It's one of the my personal bugbears at the skiff. Something I'm working a bit more proactively on at the moment mm. is to encourage more skiff mates to in, increase their rates. Got a few few success stories. One person who, uh, after a little workshop, put it up by thirty percent and nice. um, had no no one complain, um, which is brilliant. But uh, yeah, it's something that you know, getting more freelancers and consultants up to the point where they're you know charging that sort of money means that you can then um, have some capacity to invest in, in in a product business and I think trying to build a product business before you've managed to get your freelancing or consulting up to that level is just going to be way too hard. Yeah, I mean if, if you uh, if you can support yourself on one, one week a month's uh, work then uh, that gives you <laughs> obviously a huge amount of flexibility and that, that's a really, really privileged position to be in. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if you can do that and, and often often the what you need to do is just charge people more and they, they'll, they'll, they'll pay it that's obviously that doesn't apply to everyone um, but um, but yeah I think it applies to a lot more people than than believe it applies to them <laughs> yeah I think I, I found something similar sort of back when I was when I was building create and had mm. um, had a couple of sort of high street name clients sort of paying me mm. to build database systems but then I had I had support retainers for those for those clients as well mm. so I had that sort of that recurring income coming in that, that helped me to sort of spend most of my time building create so it's kind of yeah. this that's another another sort of opportunity is if you can get sort of uh, get clients on retainers so that you're sort of uh, there when when they need you not too much but yeah um, you get the right retainers then uh, then that can be uh, that certainly uh, helped me build my business yeah I, I never I never really worked that one out um, I, yeah, I never I never really managed to get that working um, I, I kind of wasn't willing to promise too much in terms yeah. of uh, in terms of availability, um, and I, I think that made it harder. I, I had like some some people on support contracts, but not. But uh, yeah, that was that was something I think if I carried on freelancing, I would have would have tried to develop mm. a bit more because yeah, you know you can you can get money for just making sure a website carries on running, and yeah. uh, if you're if you're the person who wrote it, hopefully you've written it, so you don't need to do anything to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you've built built them a massive. Uh, a massive piece of software that their uh, their business is dependent on, and mm. uh, they they sort of they want that insurance policy. And, yes, and usually, yeah. like like any insurance policy, that there's no claims. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. So, uh, where could we find out more about uh, Buzzshot and and about you online? Yeah, so, so you can find Buzzshot at uh, buzzshot.co. So it's just co. There's no uh, there's no dot, no m no uh, no dot uk. Um, you can find Buzzshot on uh, Facebook, on, on Twitter it's uh, at Buzzshot app, um, and you can also find me on Twitter, I'm at almost obsolete. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us.